So just go ahead and clear the air, Jimmy. You're yeah. not sick, right? I'm not sick. I was just a little melancholy last week, and you know we talked about some stuff offline, and you guys gave me some good advice, and I just I was just a little melancholy, you know, just uh, household stuff. But everything's good, you know. Nobody's sick, and everything's going to be fine. So thank you everybody for your kind notes, and you know we're all human, and you guys have seen me cry at the podium like ten times. Whenever I get to speak up in front of an audience and, you know, I, I'm very easily, I very easily get emotional. And last week that happened. And so we cut out a couple seconds of me crying. We could put in the sound effect of a baby crying right now if we had a sound effects guy. And uh, <laughs> then when we came back, we, we got into it. So I was still a little melancholy. So thank you, everybody, for your kind notes. And, you know, it's, it's, this is, I'm going to cry now. This is such a, a warm, loving community. Even like when people just just enter it from the very like people enter it like by with a comment or you know just like a you know i'll follow somebody who follows me and then all of a sudden they're like oh my god i can't believe you followed me you know you've changed my life and there's so many beautiful things and then they're in the community and there's just like this warm resonance from everybody so i, I couldn't be more happy and proud to be involved in this community of people so right, i'm crying now yeah. forget mm-hmm. it all right move on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like occasionally we'll just get these random. I got one yesterday. This random, really nice message from some stranger, somebody I've never heard of or seen or anything, just encouraging me. I mean, the message was just like, "Hey, I know this year's been tough for everybody, and I just wanted to send you a message to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing." I'm like, "Good grief!" Uh, thank you. <laughs> you know, it just it's <laughs> yeah. like a bright spot that you weren't expecting. It's it's awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you know, honestly, like I know I've been selling a lot of stuff on my website and one thing that's really important and it just in light of what you just said. So I've worked with so many people that never contact you unless there's a problem. So you do something, you give something, you sell something. And then, you know, within a few days you get an email, Hey, this didn't come out right. The mail didn't open up right. The package came damaged or, you know, the client doesn't like the color. But lately I've been getting a lot of messages through my website of i received the package and it's great you know like i scott my guy who kind Mm. of buffers my website he always forwards me this stuff and it's so nice because every time i see an email that's from the website you know usually it's a like hey can you make me a couch which i wouldn't do or you know (laughs) the package is late um so it's just nice to get notes in general that are just uplifting and positive and, you know, people that are pleased that, uh, you know, we exist. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yes, definitely. For sure. Well, David? Uh, I would like to see if we can get our Patreon numbers up a little bit so we can so we can afford that sound effects guy. Yeah. <laughs> Make, <laughs> making it. Making it 400. <laughs> what are we at now? What number are we? This is two ninety one. <gasps> that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> We've been doing this for five years, and that's it. Yeah, uh, it should it should definitely be higher. <laughs> yeah. So in the next nine weeks, we have to plan uh, a full get together, like a, a show, uh, something really extravagant. So, yeah, just hang around for more details. <laughs> We're good at that. Yeah, totally. Uh, we'll send them out on our postcards when yeah. you get your postcard in the mail. Yeah, we'll give away masks at the door. <laughs> anyway, David, what you been up to? My buddy Matt 
is coming over this evening to start the mural on our shop wall. We got one wall that's just completely white. Oh. And we were supposed to start this about a year ago. I forget what happened. Pandemic or something. And uh yeah. but uh I love the drawings that he came up with and it's probably gonna take a couple weeks, but it looks really cool. It's gonna add some playfulness, some color to the shop. And I'm looking forward to that. Is this the same guy that did the art on your bandsaw? It is. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) My buddy Jack now has that bandsaw, which is a piece of piece of art now. Um, Hmm. So yeah, that's it's gonna. I'm really looking forward to it. My I need something to. I just want to feel excited when I go into the shop, and I think that's that's gonna be one of the things. I'm gonna try to rework some of the shop furniture or whatever. I think every, you know, it's like when you change up your living room and you rearrange the furniture and then for a few weeks, you're like, I love this new living room. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, I got my books in and we filmed yesterday. Dan and I filmed one of the projects from, from the new kitchen book. And that's going to go out either Friday or Monday. And hopefully by then I figure out how to sell the books. Currently, shipping is a pain. We all know shipping is, is it's it's one of the biggest pain points in the business. And for a while, I was shipping everything myself here out of the house. Right now, I use a third-party service that does my all my shirts and stuff, but they also do fulfillment. And when you go that route, it makes life much easier but you make way less per product. Uh, that's the that's mm. the huge trade-off. And for the launch of this book, I'm thinking about bringing the shipping back in, to, uh, back home, so I could do all that stuff. Books through the United States Postal Service only cost like $3.75 to ship through the media rate. And it looks like now the post office now has like, you have to pay $30 a month to use the media rate. And uh, so all these, it's, yeah, so I'm trying to figure out how to, is that worth it? I'm looking in the UPS and stuff, but I I still think the postal service is going to be the cheapest way to go. Um, I hate shipping. It's just, it's just, a, it's just a pain. <laughs> and I've even used like services like ShipStation to make it easier. It's still, it's still such a pain. Yeah. Yeah, it is a hassle. We've moved the majority of our all of our apparel is out of house and then uh, my books and some hats and stickers and stuff like that is still in. So we have less to ship from here and it's kind of down to a a small set, Mm -hmm. but we're looking at doing some stuff, you know, this coming year, which we may talk about today um, that are going to change that. We're going to be doing some more stuff out of house. So yeah, we, we kind of have to prep for it and set up at the beginning to make it as easy as possible because it is, it can be a big, big pain. One of the things I've discussed. Unless, oh, go ahead. Unless I was gonna say, unless you're like, I guess you have some sort of a business setup where you're. It seems like it would be easier if you could have maybe UPS come by or USPS or whoever come by and pick up, so you could prep a whole bunch of stuff, and then have them come pick it up. But since I work at home, I don't think I could have UPS just like show up with a truck and <laughs> pick up a pallet of stuff to ship. Yeah, maybe I could. So I've even discussed with Kelly, like maybe hiring 
somebody like on Mondays and, and Fridays to just come in. All they do is they print labels, they package, and they ship. That's, that is a possibility. And I, I think if I started offering more products and um, came up with more things to sell, I think that position would pay for itself. But it's then it's another big – it's a big commitment and it's another big step. And then there's, you know, you're, somebody else is relying on you. I don't know business decisions and we're gonna i think we'll we'll probably talk about that later on in the podcast so that's that's what's going on in my mind is how do i ship these how do i sell all these books because usually when i launch a new book most of the sales come in the first couple months that's when i'm promoting the book the most and so it's it's stuff that i'm thinking about Um, yeah that is what's going on over here Dave, is it is it up to you to sell it, or is it the, is it also the publisher is also going to distribute it as well? You're just selling signed copies. I, yeah, I just sell. So um, yeah, the, the the publisher has distribution deals through bookstores and and other wood stores and and things like that. Amazon. Um, basically, I am able to buy cartons of books from the publisher. Uh, I love your mug, by the way. What does it say? World's crappiest machinist, but it doesn't say crappiest. Yeah. <laughs> It says S H idiot. I got it from uh, Chris Zepp got that for me for Christmas. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. And so uh, uh, all I get a royalty off of that distribution. So if you want to buy the book and you want to go to the cheapest route, go and buy it through Amazon. Um, Amazon, like I don't know what it is through Amazon. The price always fluctuates, but it's, it might be only be twelve bucks if you buy it through me. You're paying the full price printed on the book which is 22 dollars or something like that but it's signed and um i make the most out of the the ones that i sell out of the house but it's not really about making the most if you're on a budget go to amazon it doesn't i don't really care i just want you to have the book so yeah Hmm. um question about the you were talking about like selling them and selling the most and at the beginning when it releases is that also a time now that you have multiple books under your belt? Is that also a time to like revitalize the sales of the older books? Like, since you have a new one to promote, can you sell or have you thought about selling a bundle of all three of them or, you know, at a yeah. discount or something like that to kind of lift the sales of the other ones? It's funny you mentioned that. Um, so, as we finished <laughs> up the project from the, the, the kitchen book yesterday, we started another bandsaw box, which I haven't made a bandsaw box forever to help promote hmm. that book as well and then i am thinking about doing a bundle bundles also get complicated because shopping carts shopping carts are also a, a hassle and a, and a pain but i would like to do um tiered versions of product launches things like that you know you can get the just the thing or the thing plus and so i i want to work on that i really could use some help figuring out all that and doing stuff we'll see maybe maybe that'll happen in 2021 going back to jimmy's mug real quick where it says the world's crappiest machinist as (laughs) i have been diving into engine building there's a lot of like super tight tolerances with things you know you're measuring things to a thousandth of an inch many times and i know when you are working as a machinist and with metal you are working with thousands of an inch maybe even more than that and i now understand why people getting into woodworking 
coming from being a machinist or an engine builder or wherever, they start to they they ask like about run out on my drill press or they're talking about thirty seconds or six and like and before none of that made any sense. Like I just needed a hmm. machine that drills holes. Who cares about run out? Because I'm not. Um, but I now understand where some of those people are coming from. And when you get into woodworking, yeah. you don't need those insane tight tolerances to do that stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Unless you're Matthias. And then you're <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the first time I ever saw anybody use a, a caliper was watching Matthias use a caliper in woodworking. And I was like, wow, I need to get a caliper now. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I started using my caliper in woodworking more than ever doing it in machining. In the last five years, I got more into machining and utilizing some of those tools and obviously become reliant on having a, a, a caliper. I had a dial caliper for years. I never knew how to read it. I never knew like what each one of those, like I just never had any wherewithal of what it was. I would just use it as a, a fixed story stick. I'd grab something and then be like, okay, that's my measurement. And I'd walk over to something else and be like, okay, that has to be the same as that hole, you know, mm-hmm. that gap between mm-hmm. the two claws. So that's really how I used it for years. And then once I really understood how to use it, which has been the last five or six years, now it's obviously a tool we all need. That makes me feel better. Uh, because, you know, a couple months ago, I didn't even know what one thousandths of an inch looked like as a decimal. Like I, I never, I've never said that. I've never said a thousandths of an inch or a hundredths of an inch. I've never even cared what that really meant. I never knew how to use the dial calipers or, um, the mics, um, the, the micrometers. It's so funny. And yeah, I, I've never had to use it. And then when you pick one up, I'm like, it doesn't make sense because, you know, the needle goes around four times before it actually gives you your measurement. I'm like, this doesn't. And I've been taking that engine building class online and they go through. This is how you use these tools. This is, and it breaks it hmm. down. And I'm like, ah, this all makes sense now. Yeah. So I feel better because I felt pretty dumb. I was going to say, I wanted to give Kevin, Kevin Lazat listens. And I know Kevin right now is so excited that we're talking about calipers and mics, micrometers. <laughs> he taught me how to read up to a thousandth. And then what a tenth was a tenth is when you say, when somebody says, oh, it's about a tenth, that's, that's one tenth of a thousandth that comes after the one thousandth decimal point. So that's even like the more micro fine, you know, thinner than a hair. And uh, so, like I said, I've always used a digital caliper. And whatever that number says, I would just, okay, that's the number. I never knew exactly what it meant. It just... If that's 0.0455, I just make sure, okay, this thing over here has to be 0.55. I never knew how to read it until Kevin taught me. And then by Kevin teaching me, I also then was able to pick up a dial caliper and understood what it was saying to me. So thank you, Kevin. There's a funny video of me and Kevin and uh, and Keith Decent, and Kevin's teaching us, and he's like, okay, now point. Oh, oh, one is, and me and Keith Decent are both going, uh, thou, <laughs> like we're guessing what we think is the right answer. It's funny. It's in one of my vlogs from like four years ago. So thanks, Kev. Nice. So, um, David, so how's that class been? It's uh, really, really good. Um, I mean, the class is about building like race car or um, just performance engines in general and i'm taking what i need out of it to use for the for the go-kart stuff and it's just it's a really really good class it's just this it's it's i like a video that is well produced well lit well well done and it just breaks it down into like the simplest 
things on this is what this part of the engine does and how it affects this. These are the tools, like the how to use the tools was uh, the, the biggest part of it. And um, uh, it's called, it's, it's like hpacademy.com. And they have a bunch of different classes. I think I'm just doing the general performance one. And it's really good. And I'm also taking Mark's engineering class at the same time, which um, I'm already two days behind now. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm way behind enough. Uh, I feel so bad because it is so good. It is really, really good. But the time commitment to, to Mark's class is insane. There might be an hour and a half of video to watch, and then you might have an hour and a half of actual work to do that's due you know, like the next day. And it doesn't matter if you miss a due date, but what does matter is it there's the videos come out on a certain day of the of the week or the month, and then you draw up or you write up your your project or you do your thing, and then you present that to your group within the class, and people can comment on it. So that's why there are due dates and and there's a structure to it. And I'm I'm two days behind. <laughs> yeah, I kind of after the first couple of days, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be an auditor of this class. I'm <laughs> going to come in and watch and be silent, and I'm not gonna be uh, helpful to the group i apologize I, the, the thing is i was gonna text you the other day when i started to fall behind i'm like i wonder if bob's keeping up because it is such a huge time commitment i'm like no i'll just yeah I'll, I'll just try to catch up and uh it shouldn't be stressful it, sh- it should be this thing that i'm trying to have fun with and, and learn and expand so i've i've since made the mental commitment to not worry about it yeah i decided like after going through the first few days of his course, I decided that the thing that I was actually interested in is how he ran the course. And oh, he yeah. talks about how his problem-solving you know, path gets him to the video, the end point. And that's the stuff. Like, I don't need to know you know, how an Arduino works. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know some of the, the specific stuff that he's teaching because he's teaching you know, for all ages. So you have a lot of kids in there who are working on their first kind of mechanical design and stuff. And that's, it's super cool to see. And I've been trying to jump into the comments when I can there, but the thing that I'm going to be getting out of it and I already have is decision-making and and flow Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, coming up with like defining problems, defining the solutions for them and like, what's the scope of the project, stuff like that. And, that's been really helpful so far. And I'm really interested to see how he takes the course because it's kind of broken up for anybody that's not in, it's kind of broken up into three separate projects and they, they increase in complexity. So uh, I'll be interested to see how he goes about increasing the complexity in his description and in his coverage of the thing as it moves week to week. Mm -hmm. So that's the type of stuff that I'm getting out of it more than, uh, you know, like, making a project because I'm already making a project this week <laughs> and I'm already making one next week right? <laughs> and I don't really need another one. The bonus to this so. whole thing, which I, I didn't expect is uh, he tells how to add a story to your project, which then translates to how yeah. he makes his videos. And I've gotten some, some good stuff out of that. I didn't even expect that. I thought it was just going to be some engineering. You're going to learn like the structure and the procedure. No, he, he also talks about the story a lot. And I'm Oh, this is this is really good stuff. Yeah, this I mean, the class has already started, but I would say that anybody that's even remotely interested in it next time it comes around, it's available to you know, sign how up for it. How long is again. it? What is the structure of the class? Is it every week or how long is it? 
it's a month long class, uh, and there's something every day or almost every day. Almost every day, yeah. I would I would say three times a week. Yeah. There's a new there's a new video. It's, it, it depends on what task is due. Sometimes it's every day, but if a task is a bigger thing, you might have two or three days to work on it. Is it interactive or is it all pre-recorded? It's pre-recorded, but then I think he pops into the because there's a kind of peer group thing. So you're in a group with uh, another set of students and everybody posts within that group about what they're working on and you can comment. And I think he hops in there and helps comment on people's designs and stuff too. And But I haven't been doing a good job of being there, so I haven't seen that. <laughs> Bob got a mention in one of the first few days and then I've noticed uh, in some of the latest videos, I see an I like to make stuff pencil mark is used in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, strategically left a few pencils around in the shop. Nice. <laughs> totally an accident. Totally an accident. Ah. Um, Jimmy, you didn't say what you've been working on. What have you been up to in the shop? I saw you have a blue truck. Oh, yeah. we've been, I've oh, been painting yeah. the truck. And like I said in the comments in my, my post on my Instagram, it's <clears throat> extremely complicated and satisfying when you could kind of best the project like that and you know actually get through it and have limited problems. I used to paint, so everyone's very impressed with my skills of painting. When I was at, right out of art school or during art school, I would restore cars in my driveway at my mom's house, and I would paint cars right there on the spot. And because you can't paint a full car out in the open, I would only paint it in sections. So it's okay, today I'm going to paint this fender, and I tape everything off, and then I'd limit my scope of vulnerability of wet paint to just the fender, and then the hood, and so on, and so on. And so I got skillful at painting and then the chemistry of painting cars changed uh, there was lacquer thinner which is still available but on a on a massive scale in the automotive industry they started talking about lacquer becoming illegal or you know it's, it's a volatile subject volatile subject <laughs> volatile to, uh, what do you call it voc i don't know substance it's yeah bad for Chemical. the environment it's a bad for the environment so they they stopped making lacquer. And for me, that was basically, like, it was so easy. It's like, okay, you have uh, the paint with, the, uh, with the, the color in it, and you add thinner to it. If it's too runny, add more paint. And for me, that was easy. But once it started going to the six to one to one to the, 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 the activator and, and um, you know, all these different things, I, and reducer, activator, I, I checked out. Basically out of fear, like I keep talking about, fear of unknown, fear of learning and all these things. And so, and then, of course, I had nowhere to paint the car once I moved to New York City. There was, it just became, was out of my circle of activity. And so now getting into this blue truck restoration, I really dug into it and I got the proper paint. I asked uh, Art Clement, he's a friend of mine uh, from Instagram, he comments a lot. Art has been uh, a guiding uh, mentor in the background telling me what to do, how to do, and where to go and get materials up here because he's local. And I dug into it and like I said, uh, painted the car in sections and made it easy for me to digest and learn. Like I didn't want to have like a pot of wet paint and being like trying to solve this, like create a problem. And then I'm fixing up this problem. Well, now this paint that's catalyzed only lasts two hours and it's great. It was just, I really learned a lot. And the new chemical paint I talked about in my Instagram story where with lacquer, you would paint and any haze or, or orange spray would immediately show if you weren't keeping a nice wet edge. This paint is stays wet, so you could like spray it, come back and hit it again. You know, with limited limited, uh, there was a much wider window for getting a wet coat. Where in the past it was a much smaller window for getting a wet coat. 
So you do have to learn the material a little bit. And it went down good. So the car's painted. I have one spot. I got a wet sound out, a big drip. Uh, that was because I was kind of overspraying around a door handle. I'd hit it from like three angles and suddenly there was too much paint on it. And the best way when you're doing that is just to just stop. There's nothing you could do to fix it. You just have to stop and move on to other parts of the car and then fix it later. Paint takes three days to finally cure. But uh, it was a, a tremendous learning experience. And now I get to put the car back together, which is, uh, you know, I'm over the hump of painting and I'm excited. I'm going away this week. I'm going away after this this episode. Uh, I'll be in Kansas City with the Make 48 team. You guys might have seen April recently did something in Izzy. Now it's my turn. I'm going to do a project with them in Kansas City over the weekend. So yesterday I had one day to build my next video. Uh, the, the car will be coming out in probably about two weeks. But this weekend I'll be traveling on Sunday, but I will have a video ready. I made a, a wooden wrist rocket. The wrist, you know, like the wrist rocket oh, slingshots? Yeah. I made one out of plywood. So it's a real simple design. It did not use a CNC machine. So you can actually watch it and enjoy it. I used a bandsaw <laughs> and just hand tools. And uh, it's definitely a Duresta classic, as a lot of people like to say. No CNC machines. No, I don't even think, besides the bandsaw, I didn't use any power tools. And then in the end, we got some really good slow-mos of bottles breaking and cans tipping over and stuff. Nice. So worked worked really well so i obviously will ultimately make that a cnc project available on my website jimmydress.com i make new york.com that'll be coming out so i plan on doing like what i did with the push sticks where it's in the frame and you pop it out yourself Hmm. so ultimately we'll make a wrist rocket wrist rocket kit coming soon to a theater near you my my Duresta knife has been hung up with the United States Postal Service for oh. like two weeks now. Oh. Not, totally not your so fault. Sorry. Um, oh, I, I, so sorry. So sorry. That is not a diss on Jimmy Duresta's store. Not your fault. I know things are no, some things are stuck with the yeah. with the Postal Service right now. But you, you order something and you want it really bad, and then that's when it gets <laughs> stuck in shipping. Of course. Thank you. But uh, that's that was great. I'm, I'm I'm so excited that I did this. It really energizes me to then, it, like I say all the time, you know, you, what is your threshold of pain? And you know, we limit ourselves. We say, okay, that's my threshold of pain. And then you're forced to do something, or you force yourself to do something outside of that threshold. And you go, oh, that wasn't so bad. So now your threshold for for pain or learning, I say pain, kind of in a sarcastic way. But my threshold for pain now is I can now I can paint a car with new chemicals, the new chemical makeup, which isn't that complicated. And I can do it with confidence because I've done it. Hmm. And I can clean the gun and not waste a a gallon of reducer. And I could spray a car without leaving runs all over it. And I could do body work without, you know, with 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 a limited sense of confidence. And I could cut out rust and not feel like I'm getting too deep in the weeds and being like, why did I do this? You know, I can weld stuff back to a car. I can take a gas tank out and not panic about feeling like I'm in over my head. And I can actually replace the gas tank with the proper car came with the wrong gas tank. So I took it out and I bought the right one and bought the right mounting brackets and the right uh, sending unit, which tells the car how much gas is in it. You know, that'll, that's all getting installed when I get back. So, Do you have a station where you can clean stuff? Uh, no, you know what I do? I just keep a couple of cups and uh, I have all the stuff in the cups and I'm trying to mix all that stuff together because eventually it'll start to cure. 
or evaporate just so I leave it in the cups in the shop and it just evaporates away. But uh, some of it, I mix it together and shake it up and then it turns into a solid. Like the paint is like epoxy, so it cures together. I mean, I just, just throw the puck away. Just about like cleaning the the paint guns and stuff. I know what I would do more screen printing and things like that, more messy stuff, if I had a dedicated like wash bin where I could go and clean the stuff. But right now it's such a hassle because I have to go from it's a detached garage in the house and I'm dripping stuff all over the place and then you mess up the bathroom and blah blah. You know, when I do my screen printing on the push sticks lately, what I do is we don't have water, and if we had water, it would freeze because it's freezing over there. So. I take the the silk screen and I point it try one of the point of the triangle uh, of the rectangles into the garbage can, which is full of like whatever the day's debris. And I take a water bottle and I just go and I spray the screen out and it drips all the way down to the corner. And then with some paper towels, I wipe it off. Mm. And that's you know it's not as easy as throwing it in the shower and or a slop sink. But at the moment, I don't have one, so that would be a good invention. And I know it does exist to some extent, but a maker's mobile wash station. There you go. Yeah. Hmm. For like those of us that like work out of containers, you know, a maker's mobile wash, not like a one like you can go at like a rock concert and go to a bathroom up a you know on a little <laughs> mini trailer. Talking about or like the ones that you see everywhere now, it's like a wash station where it's like a foot pump. If you made like a a maker's slop sink where like the water is above it and then the the gray water goes through it and below it. And then they come and switch it out with one that's fresh. Just a thought. Hmm. Not a bad idea. Um. Well, we'll see. For me, we got to get to what we're talking about. We're like 30 minutes in. I, I made a... So, get your opinion on this. I made a video this week, and it solved a problem in the shop for me. But I'm not sure that it's interesting at all. And I've kind of gone back and forth about that and made a video about it anyway. We're going to put it out anyway. But like, sometimes shop projects seem to do really well because people often have the same problem, you know, and they they want to see how you, uh, you know, improved or organized something in your shop and so that they can take an idea. But then sometimes there's something about that that feels just very kind of like straightforward and plain to me. And so I had a bunch of drill bits of all different types all kind of just in they were on the stand and then they got mixed up and then they you know I put things back on occasion and sometimes I don't whatever and so like all the stuff around the drill press was just a big mess so I made a cabinet to go underneath the drill press because it's a floor standing unit it's on casters so it can roll in and sit down the casters lift off the ground and so it can be there until I need to move the table down and then I can roll it out of the way right so it's really just a cabinet but then inside the cabinet there's a bunch of these little slide in and out trays and then the trays are customized for different types of bits and so we have a whole bunch of stuff organized on one you know where they're upright they're they're facing up and I've lasered in uh, measurements and stuff so they go back in the right place and then some of them are more just bins for spade bits and kind of oddly shaped stuff just to lay in there and so in the end it organized a, a section of the shop, not just like a thing. Like it made a section better. But then when you stand back and look at it, and you're like, oh, that's a cabinet. <laughs> like, what do, you, what do you guys think about stuff like that? I mean, like, is that a thing? And you're not going to hurt my feelings. Is that a thing that you would have just done off camera just to get it done? Or would you have made a video about that? Well, I can tell you flat out right now, you've just inspired me because Aaron, if Aaron's listening, he understands we have 
packets of drill bits. I buy those, the, the index that has every drill bit you would possibly need, and it's like flips open. It's kind of like a little coffin shape that flips open in three ways. I buy those all the time because yeah. if one drill bit breaks, I get panicky and I go buy a whole new set for 60 bucks at Harbor Freight. So I got like 10 of them, and then occasionally, which should happen more often, I group them back together. So if I have three of them with broken bits, I combine one, and, they, and then there's always one that's got like, you know, it's missing a lot of teeth. And, uh, but I like the idea of having a rolling cabinet that rolls under my floor standing drill press that has everything in it, all my countersinks and, you know, all my step bits, which are now scattered around the shop. So you just inspired me for a YouTube shop build. So I think it's a good idea. The funny thing is while he was talking, it inspired me to come up with it. So I also buy my bits, like you buy a big set (laughs) and it, you, you know, you get 10 bits of all these different sizes and what i and it just all the bits get used they get thrown back into the bin and they just you kind of randomly pick one and i thought you know what i need to do is make some sort of stand that has one of each size and then when that one bit gets dull or breaks i replace it with one of the new ones and so i need a holder just for each individual bit so it, it inspired well, me as well. That, uh, there, there are the several small ones that are constantly breaking, right? If you use them a lot. Like when I was a kid, we worked at a sign shop. We used eighth-inch drill bits constantly because we were always we were always doing pop rivets. So everybody had 10 eighth-inch drill bits in their top pocket. And then you had to go to the cage and get more of them if you ran out of them. So we have, and Aaron's been starting to organize the idea of like little drill drawers where it's got the index, it's got 10 or 15 of each one in that drill drawer so that when you break mm. the one, if you're responsible to go and get the you know number 10 drill bit, you put it back in the number 10 drill bit spot that broke. That's something we're trying to do. But again, that's a little bit scattered around the shop. So if I had a cart that had wheels that would would roll over the base of the stand-up drill press, because the, the table is never all the way down. It's usually at like, you know, yeah. chest height. And so there's plenty of airspace underneath it to roll a cart that will go around the base of the stand-up drill press. And then if I needed the full drill press, I could just roll the cart out of the way. But the cart is always married to the drill press. I Thank you. So, yes, I like that idea. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I was really kind of feeling like, hey, just, you know, I don't know, it's just like a thing. It's a box with some stuff in it. But at the same time... A whole lot of woodworking projects are just boxes with stuff in them. So isn't it? Isn't life just true. a bunch of boxes? <laughs> anyway, so that's what I did this this past week, or that's what's coming out this week. Um, what I think we should talk about is because we didn't talk about it last week, which we normally would have. Is this year like what are we uh, hoping for this year? What are we planning? What are we, <clears throat> you know? What are the goals, maybe? I don't know. We, we always kind of, we usually wrap up a year, which we didn't really do this year. And I don't think that's a big deal because not much happened last year. <laughs> and we usually set up the next year in these conversations. So I thought we could kind of do that. Yeah. Does anybody have anything that's like, this is this year's going to be about something? Yeah, I, I can go first. I can tell you one thing. You know, everybody says, how was your 2020? My 2020 was, from a creative point of view, incredible. I got into Mm. the rhythm which is something i haven't been in and probably i don't ever remember being in the rhythm of putting a video out every sunday that just started happening really in this pandemic i i have this rhythm now where every sunday i put out a video where in the past i put out a video basically whenever i was ready like if it was ready on a thursday night at midnight i hit 
publish. I was ready on a Tuesday afternoon when finally uploaded because it was a long video from the night before. I just hit publish. So now it's I've got into this regularity of every Sunday, which is great because it gives me some structure. And the idea of not traveling nearly as much as we typically all would have is so awesome to me. Like I'm going away today and I'm waiting. I get uh, my plans at three and I'm hoping by noon I'll get the call that it got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> If that happens, that would be amazing. But if that doesn't happen, I'm still going to go and do my thing. Obviously, I will be there right now if you're listening to this. But uh, the idea of not having to go anywhere anymore is just so refreshing. Whereas there was a time where I couldn't wait to get away. I couldn't wait to be like, oh, my God, this side, I got to pack my bag. I got to pack my bag like three days before the flight because I'm so excited. And now it's just like, ugh, go somewhere. I don't want to go anywhere. And... So going into this new year, I might not say yes to as many things because of how much time it really takes away from my creative flow and, you know, that spontaneity of being creative. And then, you know, also, again, just skipping Sundays. So it's been a good year and I had opportunities to uh, expand and improve my website, which gave us a lot of put a lot of gas in, in the fire to go into 2021 with now we could actually me and my business partner, Howard, I talk about it sometimes. We could actually look and make projections. We could say, you know, how many things of this do we want to sell a month and how many things do we want to try and sell by six months? And we're looking into doing Google ads on some of the products. So you'll see my my thing pop up like next to something, uh, you know, while you're Googling, you'll see a Jimmy DeResta product pop up and you're going to be like, what the? And, uh, you know, so that might happen in 2021. We're just doing stuff like that. And it's exciting. It's it's been it's really exciting and you know this this whole community is just becoming more and more of a a set a set lifestyle for you know me and the community and you know my relationship to the community and it's uh, I'm positive vibes I'm looking into maybe doing more CNCing from a, a mill point of view we're looking into maybe getting a bigger Tormach. Uh, whether I pay for it or whether I do an endorsement deal with them was trying to make a decision so that I could do more bigger, better things. Aaron's up to the challenge of stepping into, you know, helping turn those machines into productive parts of the team. And we're looking into maybe potentially getting a CNC lathe for doing some of the ice pick parts. Because right now we, we farm out some various parts to local manufacturers around here. And occasionally they have holdups and they can't make deliveries. So I, me and uh, Howard are basically kind of leaning into the idea of just being completely autonomous when we need to be. But of course, you know, use outside people to make certain parts when, when necessary. So yeah, it's uh, you know all these like fun, interesting business decisions that are, and and in a way, it's fun. It's like when you're you ever like realize you're in a dream, and in the dream you're kind of cognizant of the fact that you're in a dream, and you're like, let me jump off the bridge. It doesn't matter. I'm in a dream. Nothing's gonna happen. <laughs> and. That's how I feel that you know, like my website business is becoming successful. It's like, let me make uh, 80% brass knuckles. What difference does it make? You know, someone will buy them. And I'm not getting stuck with 5,000 of them on a truck. I'd make, yeah, what difference does it make? Let me try it. Let me make a, let me try and make a, a wrist rocket slingshot. Whereas like my, my old mindset in the toy business would be like, Who's going to put together a split thing? It's got to pass ASTM D236 codes. It's never going to sell in Europe. I can't do a TV commercial for it. You know, all these restrictions that would go into 
inventing a product in the toy business. Now I sell products to a smaller audience and there's nobody in between me and my audience. So, I mean, I can sell 500 of something and make a profit on it as opposed to the toy business. If you sold 500 or something that would be considered a tremendous failure. Um, hmm. So, you know, just taking advantage of, of all the, the good things that are happening. How structured is the, is the business part of the business? Like, do you have weekly meetings with your, with your business partners? I don't know what you, what based you on them. uh base. Yeah. That's a good question because based on last year's success, we decided now to have a product meeting every two months. And, you know, just they, they basically, I, and I'm very grateful for this, that I could say it. They, my, my YouTube team, sorry, my website team and, and my partner, Howard basically just want me to be like a rodent in the shop, just doing stuff and not bothered with the, the day to day. Occasionally, I'll get a message from my website guys. They're like, Hey, don't forget to promote this. Don't forget to promote that. And I'm like, cool. And then I do it. And, but I don't generate any of those thoughts. Like we just did this knife sheath knife giveaway and everyone's asking me questions. I say, guys, hundred percent honest. My website guys picked some subcontractor website that does these giveaways. I have no idea how it works. Cause people are like, Oh, how many times I'm like, I know nothing. I know nothing. I'm just, hmm. I said, let me make some stuff to give away to my fans. And the guys at the website came up with this thing. They said, it's like some service that does this. I have no idea how it works, but I appreciate everybody that got involved. And, you know, we're going to give away these products. And if, it, if it's something, uh, you know, some, somebody's like, oh, what is this? This is just to generate leads. I'm like, okay, like, wow, you've cracked the code. <laughs> <laughs> This business just for business, man. <laughs> you crack the code. I'm trying to generate uh, email list. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. So you need a shirt that says "I'm just a pretty face." It's funny because sometimes, like we have, like we have very spontaneous. Because, like when we have surprise, like oh my god, can you believe we sold this many overnight? So we'll have like a surprise phone call, and we'll all be on the phone call, and I'll be on there, like, like you know, chewing on my tongue, like you know checking Twitter while they're all talking about my business and I feel so detached from it. And I'm just like, uh, uh, do you guys need me anymore? Cause I'm going to, I'm going to go to the That's, shop. that's when you know you've made it. Uh, when you're so big that you can walk out of your own company meetings and be like, guys, you can take it from here. I've got something to do. Great. Honestly, that's really how I want it to be. And it's awesome because they're just dealing with logistics of like, who's going to get, you know, and I'm like, all I need to know is, how many ice picks to make and how many push sticks to make and when they're going to be picked up for the facilitator. Mm. That's all I need to know. You guys could talk about all the price points and everything. Like people now are starting asking me, how much is this and how much is that? I go, I don't even, I don't know. I don't know. Those guys set the price. I don't know. Hmm. You know, and, and how it does the calculation is like, he's like, okay, that's this much percent profit. And I'm like, cool. I'm going to go back to the shop, do whatever. As long as it's making money, I don't care. Yeah. Good for you. I yeah, mean, that, you do that's what you awesome. Do. That's you best. just get to focus on, yeah, doing the Duresta thing and not have to do the Howard thing or the whatever, yeah. you yeah. know, the website guy's name is. Man, yeah. That's great. Adam. Yeah, no, Adam and, and Howard, they've been great. And, and of course, Aaron is a huge part of the team. So Aaron's been a, a big, uh, a big part of the team. And Aaron came in at the right time because the website was getting all revamped like in the middle of uh, in the middle of last winter and you know once we finally went online with a couple of the new products things started doing well so we'll see so like I'm saying it's like a dream where I'm like let me go through this store see what happens and if you know if it's bad you know we still make money doing other things and 
and now it's a it's like a it's like a free flowing object now you know and the good thing is like everybody's obviously obviously we're making money but the best part about it is that we're, we're all not making a living off of it if you understand what i'm saying like howard's very mm-hmm. wealthy doing his other business he he's a friend of mine who came to me and said what are you not taking advantage of and i was like my website i have no idea how to take care of all this stuff he goes all right let me analyze it <clears throat> and then he came back and he said let's turn the website into a resource and see if we can't turn this into a business how it's been very successful at many of his ventures and so that's that's how that relationship grew and that was about two years ago and you know after all that hard legwork it's now starting to pay off and basically just as long as i can play in the shop and uh you know feed my roosters (laughs) they sound well fed (laughs) they're all getting they're all they're all getting they're all packing their bags right now every one of them no i have to organize i have to organize my chicken coop because now i have like factions i have like a, a rooster with like five chickens that sleep over here at night it's the roosters are all i'm gonna put them on a Pack little bags and put them on a train to a different city. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, what about you? Um, well, I want a, um, a continuation of last year, a little bit more experimentation, a little bit more color, a little bit more out there. Um, asking myself questions before jumping into a build is what makes this build different? What's the what's the purpose of this? Is there a reason? Um, I want to get into doing some live streams of builds. There's a lot of little projects like we've all done this where it's like this is too small of a project to do on video. I'll just do this on, on the side, and so I want to take those little things and then just turn them into like an hour live stream. No schedule, no pressure. It's just like when we get a chance, if we have an extra hour, an hour and a half in the, uh, one, well, while Dan's over here, let's do one of these quick projects. Um, so little things like that. Uh, I know last year I wanted, I said I wanted to get into more art stuff and I didn't do that. So I want to, want to keep doing that. Um, you know, and it feels like since the beginning of time, my website has been neglected. And as a former web developer, I know like how valuable the website can be. So I do want to get some time to restructure that so it works better when somebody gets there and they can find what they're looking for and, and see the videos and um, the and have a focus. Like a, the website doesn't have a focus. Like it doesn't say like, this is who I am and this is what I do and this is what you're going to get out of the videos. So I, I want to work on that. Maybe that takes some some help. So maybe I hire somebody. I don't I don't know. These are uh, hiring somebody. I go back and forth in my head all the time. I'm like, this would be a great idea, and it would free me up so I can I can be my own Jimmy Duresta and just play in the shop. And then and then I think of the commitment that that takes, and I'm like, oh, but now I'm responsible for somebody. And do I want that? Is that going to affect how how i approach things so uh yeah little little things like that more color there's going to be more color in 2021 color in my projects color as in colorful and playful as as in the types of um things that we design more fun nice Hmm. more cowbell cool more cowbell (laughs) 
<laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah, I think a lot of mine are similar to to yours. Um, not necessarily in the more color, but <clears throat> in the trying to think through before we start making a project, like I want to s- just take a little breath and try to make the idea as good as it can be and to make sure that we what we're capturing and all the different things around it like we're taking the most advantage of if i'm going to be making a thing that it can be as useful as possible as creative as possible it can have as many options and be as applicable for people and we get enough imagery out of it and we get all the stuff shot you know and i think right now what we're talking about is at the beginning while it's still in my head rather than it just living in my head until we start shooting, that there's some sort of a little moment where we just kind of throw it on the wall and say, like, here's the idea, here's the problem, here's the solution. And a lot of this has been inspired by Mark's course. Here's the problem, here's the solution. What's What can we add to it at this point? Mm-hmm. You know. And I think just that little bit of extra thinking ahead of time, I'm hoping, will at least just make sure that we're doing the best we can with the, the project and with the execution of it and everything. So that's a pretty big thing that we're trying to figure out how to, we really like systems. I really like systems. Josh really likes systems. I think the other guys probably put up with our systems. But I think, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out some sort of a little loose system there about making the ideas as good as they can be. So we're trying to define what that looks like now and just put a little step in the process. And then, um, you know, we have a couple of really big things that came out of our retreat this time last year that still are private, that are still have never been talked about in any way publicly. And they're still not ready to be, (laughs) unfortunately, but they've moved ahead a whole bunch in a year and things are, are really exciting about those ideas that we have. And so I'm hoping that, you know, this year we'll see those things come into existence we'll we'll come into a way that i can start talking about them and sharing what they are because i'm really excited about them they're just they're big very very big things and uh so we're just takes a lot of work to figure out you know what we want to do with them get them in front of the right people do the right things all that type of stuff so um then there was something else big i was gonna oh yeah like uh i've talked about the uh, pottery studio that I want to build for my wife, which is like the first ever, you know, it's a small shed, but it's intentional. It has a certain purpose, has a few constraints. And it's the first building from the ground up, from dirt to finished structure that I, I think I've ever built. I, don't, I mean, I've built like big decks and, you know, I've modified walls and all the stuff. I've done all the parts, but I've never done it start to finish in a single thing. So I'm really excited about that. Um, to do that, but also to have that for my wife because I want her to have a place to continue to do her pottery and learn more about it and stuff. So this year is definitely about doing that, hopefully at the beginning of the year. And then we've been talking about renovating our kitchen uh, for since we moved into the house, so almost four years now. And it's the last part of the house, like that end, the kitchen dining room area, is the last thing that we need to renovate. Everything else has been, we've worked through it. So Hmm. I'm hoping, my goal is that this year we'll be jumping into the pottery shed and the kitchen stuff and have them done by the end of the year. And they're both really big and it's a bunch of new stuff for me. 
uh, tons of decisions to make. And my wife and I are terrible about being really definitive about, <laughs> we want this to be this way. It's like, well, I don't know. They could be, we could use these cabinets or we could use those cabinets. And I don't know. And so I think part of getting where we want to get at the end of the year is being really intentional about making decisions and trying to be a little bit more decisive about um, moving forward. And I, I don't know if I talked about this last week or not, but one of my personal things this year is that I want to try to be a little more decisive about um, especially stuff where my wife and I design something together. We think about a bathroom or a kitchen. I really honestly want her opinion and I want her to be happy with it more than probably anything else. And the bad thing about that is that it makes it so that if she can't decide on something, then the whole thing halts. And I think that's a good thing because I want her to be happy and get what she wants. But at the same time, I think sometimes just making a decision to move forward with the expectation that it could change can keep things moving a little bit more. So one of my personal things this year is to make sure that everything is at least you know, just creeping forward a little bit. There's some sort of forward movement on small decisions, on temporary decisions, on stuff like that, so that our kitchen doesn't get pushed off another year. And this is not at all a commentary on my wife. This is, I need to be a little bit more assertive there with the expectation that whatever I decide is available to be changed if it doesn't make her happy or it's not the best, you know, option or whatever. I'm not being like a, I'm going to make a choice and you're just going to deal with it. That's (laughs) not the point. The point is, we need to move forward and we can always rebuild. We can always redo. Um, Cause that's the thing I always run into when I'm looking at comments on YouTube. Like I just like, sure, we need a wall. Let's build a wall there. That's fine. And then the comments are like, what if this happens? I'm like, well, then we rebuild it. <laughs> that's what we do. It's not a big deal. So when I'm looking at our own kitchen, we don't have to have it all figured out. We can do something and then, you know, just do it as good as we can do it, as think through it as far as we can think through it. And if something comes up, then we can figure it out on the fly. So I think that's a big part of this year for me uh, personally. And then I'm also trying to, um, I've set a few goals for myself as far as like, I want to, like I set a running goal for the year instead of a weekly or a monthly, you know, I want to just kind of stick on the schedule. So the last, a, the last day of the year, you're going to have to run 118 miles. <laughs> it, it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I hope not, but it's possible that my that last week after Christmas is just morning to night running. Um, yeah, so I set one of those goals, and it gives me something that I have to really stick to. I have to. I'm working really hard on it already, and I have to stick to. I saw when you posted that as a yearly goal. I was like, "Wow, that is a great concept." And I was thinking, like, how can I apply that to something that has nothing to do with running? Because I'm certainly not going to do that. But I thought that was a really good concept of an overall goal. Thanks. The, the way I got to that number is so I'm, my goal is to run a thousand miles in this year, and the way I got to that was I looked at what I had pushed myself to do in a week, and I think the last time I really pushed myself to hit a goal in a week or sorry in a month it was 80 I hit 82 miles in a month and basically if I do that plus a little bit every week for a year I get to a thousand and so that was a stretch for me and so what I'm saying is I want to continue to stretch myself every month you know throughout throughout the entire year and if I can do that then that takes my yearly total to something that's a pretty significant jump over last year so it's just a 
there's no reason for it. I don't think I need to be more healthy. It's not anything like that. It's just a, you know, if I push myself a little bit every month, then I can get to a, a bigger uh, thing at the end of the year. So I'm trying to set up a few things like that about reading, about playing music, about running stuff that is just for my own well-being and my own enjoyment that I want to try to consistently start doing now uh, so that it becomes the habit. So that when I get to January of next year, it's like, well, of course I'm going to sit down and read for 15 minutes. Of course I'm going to go run X miles today because that's just what I do now. You know, I'm trying to get that stuff set up for myself. And I can't just do that uh, at the beginning of the year. That's why I'm setting yearly goals for that stuff. So if that is helpful at all to anybody. Um. Yeah, so that's what my next year is looking like. You guys got anything else on this? No, just to do more, expand more, get outside my comfort zone is sort of always a goal. And uh, this is the year that I'm going to get in shape. This is the year. I've been waiting for this year. (laughs) Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is the year. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, I I constantly think Uh, about what happens after YouTube. So, um, you know, I, I, I... this could be i don't i don't know when that's going to be i mean it could be two years it could be 15 years but i I know this isn't going to last forever so i'm always thinking about like transition what is next what's the big thing for me so keep pushing Hmm. forward yeah yeah that that is always kind of in the back of your head i think no matter how long you've been doing this or what part of your life it is it's still that kind of like what's going to happen when this starts to change or when I'm tired of it or when whatever you know and I don't know I that's like a whole that's probably a whole episode on its own but it's a weird thing to think about because on some days you're like well I could definitely just go to this because it's been a frustrating day and then other days you're like well I don't want to do I don't want to stop doing this you know uh (laughs) My particular feeling on a day has a lot to do with what I think the future looks like. <laughs> Double true. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, let me thank our Patreon supporters, which uh, are just an awesome group of people that have continued to support us for a really long time. And, you know, I was looking through the list this morning, and there's a lot of people here. Well, almost everybody here has been supporting us for a really long time. It's not like it's a rolling group of people that changes all the time. We do get new people on occasion and some people stop and stuff, but a lot of these people have been around for a really long time. And that means a lot. So thank you to everybody over there, uh, especially our top supporters, Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks works by solo Chad from Mancrafting. You can make this too. fun kiss, artistic creations, Blondie hacks, Richard Lowen designs, Corey from make shape, create and Odin leather goods. And I also want to shout out a random person from the list that is also important to us, Norbert Davis. Actually, Norbert's uh, commented a lot of, on, on like Twitter and uh, different places. Really cool. Very, very helpful. So thank you to Norbert and everybody else over there uh, for the support. They all get the after show, which is another 15, 20 minutes of us talking. It's a separate podcast feed that only they get. So if you want to get that, go to patreon.com slash making it. That would be awesome. And if you don't want that, totally cool. But if you don't want that, what I would ask is that you share the show with somebody. Try mm-hmm. spreading it around a little bit. That would be cool mm-hmm. and free. Mm-hmm. You guys got anything cool to recommend this week? 
I have a very funny show. So the other day I posted a picture and uh, uh, Copilot Designs, Mike Mulligan, he must listen. He sent me chicken, so thanks for the chickens, Mike. Um, he said a thing, said something, oh, that, that, that reminds me of a peep show, of the British comedy. I was like, what is that? So he sent me a link. And the link he sent me, I ended up watching like 20 in a row while I was working on an edit. Like on my phone, so while I'm working on the edit, this show is just played. If you guys have never seen the show Peep Show, it's a British television show. It's like a comedy. It's it's the best way to describe it. It's like a it's like Seinfeld, but with two British roommates that are always going after the same girls and stuff. It is hilarious. I like laughed out loud at every episode. So if you like British comedies, which are usually much funnier and well more well written than American comedies. Copilot Designs uh, recommended to me Peep Show. I was reading my notes and I meant to say go watch Copilot Designs, but go watch him too. He's good. But watch, uh, go check out the show Peep Show. It's super funny. Just go. It's it's been apparently it's like ten years old, and I don't know if you know if it's still being published. But there's tons of clips on YouTube, and it's funny. Such a quality funny show. Never even heard of it. Not even like in a blip or anywhere. Did either of you guys ever heard of the show? No, no, sure haven't. It's it's. It's it's been out for years, and it's just absolutely hilarious. So check it out. I have a TV show as well. Um, my, mine is Ted Lasso. It is. Oh yeah. It is. It's it. It's wholesome. It's funny. I mean, you. you I. You, uh, it's 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 on Apple TV, and um, I think Apple TV has like a three month free thing and uh, maybe and then if you buy an apple device you get it for like a year so it's available to a lot of people you might have access to it and not even know it ted lasso is so good i didn't think i was gonna like it because i don't know anything about soccer or as in like uh football and uh and it took about three episodes for me to be all in but after like three episodes i was like crying or laughing every single episode it is so good. It is so well written, and it is so positive and and fun. And that's it. Ted Lasso. Yeah, not for the kids, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely not for the kids. But it is. There's like a wholesomeness to it to his character that is really like a breath of fresh air on yeah. TV. <laughs> it's, it's a very good show. Enjoy Where do you show. find it? I wasn't listening. Let's read it. <laughs> hey, welcome to the podcast, Jimmy. Would you like to start recording now? <laughs> no, somebody sent me an urgent message just to make sure that it wasn't needed to be put out right now. What is a uh, wh- where? Done. Where can you find that show? Apple TV. Thank you. Apple oh, TV Plus. Super oh, Plus TV. Everything's funny. a plus I'll... now. We should. Oh, we should rename the after show "Making It Plus." Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like Five dollars a month. Definitely, the pay. money will roll right in. <laughs> That's right. Anyway. um Mine is actually a series that I probably have talked about before. It's a series on YouTube from uh, Core Geek. So he's got a great channel. It does all sorts of amazing cosplay stuff. But I was looking up um, airbrushing recently because it's been a while since I've done any airbrushing. And I just wanted a refresher on technique and cleaning and stuff like that. He's got a series of three or four videos about airbrushing. Goes through it real simply um, and just covers it well so i'll put a link to his channel there in case you ever want to refer back to it it's good stuff good useful stuff and when you see like i follow him on instagram and the stuff that he posts 
is it's like next level the finish the amount of finish that he puts onto things he does this mandalorian helmet that is supposed to look like metal and it looks like polished space metal i don't know how he does it <laughs> but it's it's pretty amazing he also just built a telecaster from scratch and it's beautiful mm. i don't know he doesn't typically do guitars i think this might be his first one but man it is gorgeous so go check him out what's the name again it's also a nice guy <clears throat> the channel's called Core Geek. Um, I, think I, follow, I think I follow him. Sounds familiar. Yeah, I met him. <clears throat> excuse me, my throat. I met him uh, when I went to hang out with Bill Duran one time. Uh, they're friends and live near each other. And so he came over and got to spend the day together in Bill's shop, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, go check him out. You guys got anything else? That's it. That's it. Bring it, bring it on 2021. Try well, to cry less. I'm gonna try and cry less. Why? Don't try to cry less. Try to I'm cry just, more. I mean, don't try to cry more, but be okay with crying more. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. I will. You know me. I, I, I man, I cry all the time. I'm, I'm with you, dude. Stuff gets me. Movies get me. TV shows get me. Mm-hmm. Like anytime I see somebody being really sincere about something, or if they're doing a good job of acting really sincere, <laughs> like it gets me. I'm not ashamed of that for sure. It's good, but anyway. All right, cool. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Love you. Love you. Say bye. Oh, I love you. I love you. Thanks.